Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. I hope you enjoyed the return of our intro music. If you like the podcast, make sure to like and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review. Send me an email, Talk at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We now have an official Big Ten Football Talk uh, profile on Twitter. So make sure you follow Big Ten Football Talk. It's at Zach Guggenheim. But Big Ten Football Talk podcast profile on Twitter. Follow us there so you can always get your updates. And you might even catch me live tweeting some games. We have uh, a few things to talk about before we get into the nitty gritty of preseason. Next week, we'll be talking about the all the preseason all Big Ten team. I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. CJ Stroud's my number one quarterback. That shouldn't surprise anybody. After that, it gets a little tricky. But it's going to be fun to go down that list, go down uh, my preseason All-Big Ten team, just for us to look at it in four months and realize, wow, I was way off. But I digress. That's going to be fun. Uh, We're also going to do my projections. I have done my rough draft of going through the schedule and the season and I think there's going to be a little bit of a curveball, although I kind of I kind of hinted at it in a couple of podcasts during the best case worst case series. But we're gonna we're gonna do that next week, and then the following week I'll do the playoff, and we'll do week zero because we got a couple of Big Ten games. We got Illinois, Wyoming, we got Nebraska, Northwestern in the great old country of Ireland because apparently there's corn there and Nebraska needed to go to Ireland. I don't know. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cover that game and uh, I'll, I'll do some analysis afterwards as well. I think the rhythm is going to be a more kind of recorded, uh, not studio, studio, it's my office, but we're going to do a, a more high profile podcast for Thursday slash Friday, whenever I can get it out. And I'm going to do kind of a, a knee jerk reaction, uh, either late Saturday night or Sunday, uh, may, maybe Monday morning. I haven't figured out the schedule yet, but that's going to probably be my rhythm going into the fall. I'm going to, I'm going to transition us a little bit. We're going to talk about a couple things one well two of the things that we're going to talk about have been like two or three weeks in the making i wanted to talk about them and it's it's pat narduzzi the head coach of Pitt, kind of throwing shade at the big 10 and an espn play-by-play guy joe tessitore who was at an sec media day and threw shade about ohio state's schedule which it's really helpful right now to have the coaches poll in front of me because it's, it's helpful to understand some things um, and actually know what you're talking about. So I'm going to start with Pat Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi was, he was throwing a little shade at the big 10. He was trying to make the point. I think he was fighting for his team. He's trying to make the point that the Pitt Panthers could could hang tough in the Big Ten. Part of that was because in the New Year's Six Bowl against Michigan State, they kind of had control of that game with their second-string quarterback, Nick Patty. He went down with injury, and then they could do nothing, and Michigan State 
won the football game. And so he came out earlier, uh, I think two or three weeks ago. And, you know, every, there's a lot of enthusiasm right now about the Big Ten, USC and UCLA joining. It kind of seems like it's now kind of a two conference race between SEC and the Big Ten. And Pat Narduzzi starts running his mouth, starts saying, hey, we could have beaten one of the better Big Ten teams. And if only if only our quarterback didn't go down, then we would have beaten one of those teams. You know what? Why don't we join the Big Ten? We could beat them every year. It, it was to the tone like that. And I get it. He's fighting for his team. He's fighting for his conference, kind of. And listen, I I get what he's trying to say. He's sticking up for his team. A few things that he needs to understand. First of all, Michigan State was maybe the third best team in the Big Ten this, this past season, and they overachieved. So, of course, they were more talent equated. Of course they were more talent equated because Michigan State overachieved, Right. Nobody thought they were going to be the, th- the third best team in the Big Ten. Like, nobody. So, I, I get what he's saying. The, the other thing is, it's not like Michigan State didn't, like, they didn't have their full complement of guys either. Now, granted, Pitt didn't have their number one uh, first-round quarterback in Kenny Pickett, but they still had Jordan Addison, stud wide receiver. They still had most of their guys. And you know who Michigan State didn't have? They didn't have Kenneth Walker. So that's not to say, like, I think quarterbacks are more valuable than running backs, certainly. And they were on their third string quarterback. But the reality is you could talk a lot more junk if you won the game. You didn't win the game. So, like, you really don't have room to talk about beating the Big Ten every year, first of all, because you couldn't beat the third best team in the Big Ten without their best player. Also, also, did you see what Ohio State did to Michigan State? Like, did you see the talent gap in that game? I get that Michigan State upset Michigan, but let's be real. Michigan was the more talented team in that game. They were up, I think, 14, 17, 20 points. And then Kenneth Walker, who again didn't play in the bowl game went off and came back and and beat beat the quote-unquote big brother who's not really big brother because they can't seem to beat michigan state uh more on that later but so it, it it boggles my mind that this is the fight that pat narduzzi wants to pick because it's like dude you won the acc in a down year for clemson because Clemson's quarterback decided to learn how to uh, like to forget how to play football, right? Like DJ Uyunglele was a a mess this past year. And that's not, sometimes you go into a sophomore slump. I still think he could be really good. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but he had a sophomore slump. So Clemson not only didn't have a quarterback that was competent, they also had about a bajillion injuries on defense So you won the ACC basically because the power team in your conference decided to suck. And then not only that, but the other power teams in your conference have been sucking, 
Like, right? Like Florida State, what like what in the world is going on with Florida State? You know, Miami is is, you know, they had to fire Manny Diaz. So where are your power programs in the ACC right now? Well, they were terrible last year. So somebody had to win the ACC. And Pitt, you were the lucky beneficiary. You're still not the best team in, in Pennsylvania. And now you want to you bang your chest to say, we could win the Big Ten every year. Stay in your lane, okay? When you beat Michigan State, then you can talk. And even then, you should probably not talk. But, and, and it gets to my broader point. It just seems like, especially with the news coming out about ESPN losing the rights to the Big Ten, which that's going to be the main topic. It seem, it just seems like regardless of what happens in the Big Ten, they seem to be the conference that everybody talks crap about. Back in the 2000s, everybody knew that the Big Ten was the worst conference. Despite the fact that the Big 12 had a worse out-of-conference record, had a worse bowl game record almost every year. And it just, it boggled my mind. Everybody gave Oklahoma a pass for blowing big games, but nobody gave Ohio State a pass because, well, they were the vaunted number one team in the country and then they got blown out by Florida and the Big Ten sucks. And it's like, what? I mean, ESPN ran ads about how awful Ohio State was and how overrated Ohio State was. And I'm like, nobody has done that for, for Oklahoma ever. This brings me to Joe Tessitore, who is a respected ESPN analyst, respected ESPN play-by-play guy, which means that his voice carries weight. And he was at an SEC media day, and he decided to talk crap about Ohio State's schedule. He said they play a joke of a schedule. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that the SEC West teams play jokes of a schedule. They play FCS teams in the non-conference. And if you're like, what's an FCS team? Just think of it. It's like the video game. It's, it's playing a video game where you can win like 90 to nothing. That's what playing an FCS team most of the time is. Unless you're Minnesota who you, you lose to. Sorry, that's a Mac team. And I don't mean to throw. I'm sorry, Minnesota fans. I shouldn't have said that. I, I actually, I really like Minnesota going into the year. Anyway, they schedule those FCS games, but the the Big Ten or the SEC, especially the SEC West, is a gauntlet. It really is a gauntlet. So I'm not going to sit here and say that the SEC doesn't have a weak schedule or doesn't have strong schedules because they do, right? Even Alabama, who doesn't, that they avoid Georgia, you know, so they won't have to play them until the SEC championship game if they get there. You know, Georgia doesn't have a lot of tough crossover games with the West, but they do play Oregon. Good for them. But here's the thing that drives me nuts. Everybody will just assume that the SEC has strong schedules. And you look at Ohio State's schedule, and you've got a respected ESPN analyst who used to be on Monday Night Football. So, like, people know this guy talking about how it's a joke. Really? Let, let's just look at the schedule. Okay. You start with, what's this? The number five team in the country, Notre Dame. The number 
five team? Like not not 25, not 15. A top five team in the first game of the season. I mean, that's really tough. It's really tough. Then, and this is according to the coaches poll, okay? Now you get Arkansas State. Okay, they're a joke. I mean, they're 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 not power five. Then you get Toledo, not power five. All right. Then you get Wisconsin at home. They're ranked 20th in the country. Okay. Next, you have Rutgers. You know, Rutgers traditionally not very good. Then you have Michigan State, who's ranked 14th. So in the first six weeks of the season, you have home against the number five team in the country, home against the number 20 team in the country, and at the number 14 team, 14 team in the country. Okay. It just gets better, by the way. Um, then you have a bye week, and then you play Iowa at home, who's not ranked, but they're nine votes away from being ranked. Like they're, they would be ranked 26th in the country. That's higher than Tennessee, by the way. That's higher than Auburn, by the way. And then they play at Penn State, who also is not ranked in the, in the top 25, but would be ranked 27th. Right? Okay, then you get Northwestern, and you get Indiana, and you get Maryland, and none of those teams have any votes. So, like, okay, whatever. So who do they finish with? They finish with the number six team in the country, Michigan. So they have two top six teams in the, on their schedule. They play the number 14 team team, uh, number 14 team. And they play the number 20 team. And by the way, the two of their other opponents are like just on the cusp of being ranked. That's that's a that's a joke. Like seriously? And you you work for a billion dollar company that talks about sports? They they pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars to talk about football and you can't look objectively to see that that's a hard schedule? Like come on. And this is this is less about Ohio State and more about ESPN and perception of the Big Ten. Because ESPN has a lot of power and they have a lot of clout. And they, over the past 20 years, have done this to Big Ten teams where they just dog them in favor of the SEC. And then they say, nothing. We, we respect the Big Ten. It's good for the Big Ten to do well because then our ratings go up. People have said this. And all the time, and, and maybe maybe it's just Joe Tessitore's opinion, maybe, but it's getting old, which makes me very, very, honestly, very happy that the Big Ten is no longer going to be featured on ESPN. That is a headline that came out earlier this week that after 40 years, 
ESPN and the Big Ten will no longer have a TV contract, I think, as of 2024. And that's where we're going to take a break. When I come back, we're going to talk more about the implications of that, because I think that ties in to Joe Tessitore and what he said and, and what the Big Ten should expect moving forward. So let's take a break. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Things are going to feel a bit more harsh from ESPN moving forward. Because ESPN just lost, I think, the biggest cash cow in college football. And it's going to make it harder for them to be able to negotiate having the rights to the college football playoff. Because the Big Ten is amassing a lot of power and a lot of wealth from the USC UCLA move. And I've said it, I, I said it before, and I'll I'll keep saying it. In terms of competitive balance, the SEC is the dominant conference. But the more that these networks outside of ESPN start seeing the value and paying for the value of the Big Ten, it is going to shift that in favor of the Big Ten. And it is going to be hard. I, I think this is, and so just to give you some, some context here, ESPN had a split deal that it was between them and Fox for the Big Ten TV rights. They, uh, the Big Ten renegotiated. They got USC and UCLA. There's still a bit of a dance with Notre Dame, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And ESPN counteroffered CBS. So CBS, they lost the SEC rights to, to ESPN. ESPN's gone all in on the SEC. And... The CBS then came back and said, hey, we, we have a, a 3.30 time slot or a midday game every week. Big 10, do you want it? NBC has also come in and said, hey, we love Notre Dame, but we also would love a little bit more content on our network too. So, you know, we'll host a night game every week with a Big 10 game. So get this. You're going to have a major Big Ten game on Fox at noon every week. You're going to have a major Big Ten game on CBS every week. And you're going to have a major Big Ten game on NBC every week at 8 p.m. So imagine at 12 p.m. you have Michigan, Michigan State on Fox with Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. And then at 3.30, you have, you're on NBC with, I believe it's Mike Tirico and Drew Brees. You have them, or no, sorry, I'm thinking, you have uh, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson at 3.30 on CBS calling UCLA and Penn State in Happy Valley. And then on NBC at 8 p.m., you have Mike Tirico and Drew Brees calling Ohio State USC 
in the Coliseum. Think that's going to get ratings? And do you think it's going to attract Notre Dame to join a conference? By the way, the deal between those three uh, those three networks, $1.2 billion. $1.2 billion. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of concern that they're thinking, well, what about the playoff? Because ESPN owns the rights to the playoff. ABC owns the rights to the playoff. Listen, the, the playoff is going to go to the highest bidder. And I, I guarantee you, the playoff is not going to stay solely at ESPN. Not without the Big Ten's signing off on it. And ESPN, you could say, well, ESPN is just going to do SEC and it's just going to be an SEC property. Listen, you can't, you can't do a playoff without the Big Ten anymore. There's too many big brands. Like, it would be financial suicide to keep Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, USC, like all those teams away from the playoff, it is, it is suicide. They are the most valuable programs. Like you can make an argument that, that Bama has a bigger following, but even that, you're, you're, you're stretching because most of the teams in the SEC, it's a regional following. Whereas you look at most of the schools in the Big Ten, it is a national following. Now, I know that's not entirely true for every SEC school, but you look at the alumni networks. You look at the, at the clout that these, that these campuses. There's a reason why the Big Ten never feared, despite their lack of athletic excellence in the 2000s. They, they didn't fear becoming irrelevant. Want to know why? Because... They have money and a lot of it and they have viewership and they have alumni networks. And you, and you know this because if you look at the SEC's TV deal and the Big Ten's TV deal, the Big Ten's is a lot more lucrative. And that's true even with the SEC getting Texas and Oklahoma, right? Like Texas and Oklahoma with Alabama, with Georgia, with Florida, with Tennessee, with Auburn, those are all big-time power programs. But they don't have the reach like the Big Ten does. And so, again, this is just another – it's another win for the Big Ten. And, and think about this. With ESPN – you are restricted to one network and you, you essentially, if you want the sec, you have to tune into the ESPN. And so you, you essentially have to grab people to come to your product. Whereas the big 10, you're now on every major broadcast network outside of ABC. And now you're talking about, not just you're talking about Fox, you're talking about, you know, all their properties, you're talking about CBS and all their properties, you're talking about NBC and all their properties. The exposure and reach with all those channels and all that lineup is much, much more enticing because now you can, you can just put 
well, one, you can put all the football games on major networks, but also you're tied you're tied in with Notre Dame just because you're you're there with NBC. So that's that's a big win. But then second of all, you think about basketball, you think about other Olympics or like the other other sports, all of a sudden they're getting more exposure on broadcast television. That is going to be huge. And so people don't want to want to deal with ESPN. You don't have to watch ESPN. Now it's Fox, CBS, and NBC, which is going to make ESPN ticked. And so don't be surprised in the near future if there is more propaganda coming out of the four-letter network about the Big Ten. Because they've already been very clear. They're, they're you know, I remember several years ago when Ohio State finally upgraded their speed in certain positions, they're like, well, Ohio State's like an SEC team. No, they were a really, really good team in the Big Ten. Like, are we are we going to ignore the fact that Purdue, who had no receivers by the, the end of the first half, are we just going to ignore that they beat a fully stocked Tennessee team that was supposed to be uh, like one of the better teams in the SEC East? Are we just going to ignore that? Are we going to ignore um, all the times that Big Ten teams have beaten SEC teams? Like, are we just going to ignore that? No, like we can't. But of course, ESPN does because it's SEC this, SEC that. And granted, they have they. I do think they have better teams. But the reality is the the hate is going to get real. And so, just as as a Big Ten guy, I'm just putting it out there: be ready. Be ready because ESPN is losing a cash cow. They're not going to get the same ratings with the Big 12 or the Pac-12, especially not with with the Pac-12 not having USC and UCLA anymore. Um, I think it's a great move for the Big 10, even with the, the potential mudslinging by by ESPN. Even even with that, I think it's a great move. I think the broadcast quality, especially on CBS and NBC is so much better. Like it's just a better it's a better watch. Um I still think Fox has a lot to learn. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Fox in terms of their production quality, but CBS and NBC you're getting you're getting some of the better play-by-play and color analysts like Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, I could listen to them every week. I know that some people have are not the biggest fan of Gus, but I love Gus. I think people do not like Gary Danielson, but honestly, I think Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson are miles better than anybody at ESPN apart from Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. Like I, I really do. I, I love. Uh, Sean McDonough and oh gosh, why can't I remember his name? Penn, he's a former Penn State QB, and I can't. It used to be Brad Nessler's old old partner, and I can't think of who it is. Uh, I'm gonna remember the name later. He um. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna look it up here. But he any anyway, I I think 
I still think Brad Nestler and Gary Danielson are miles better than anybody anybody ESPN has aside from Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. Um, I can't believe I I can't believe I I've forgotten um, who it is. Um, I keep wanting to say Brad Nessler, and I that's not who it is. Well, I'll figure it out, and I'll yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, anyway, I, I I think it's good. This is really good for for football. It's really good. Or it's really good for Big Ten, the Big Ten. Um, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out, but. Here's, here's the bottom line. The Big Ten is about to make buku bucks. And they keep making moves that will make a move for Notre Dame to the Big Ten become more and more attractive. And that's a good thing for the Big Ten. You get Notre Dame in there. Maybe you get one other team, maybe Stanford. And your conference is going to be the most national in terms of branding You'll have the most inroads to uh, different areas of, of interest, like New York, Chicago, uh, the different different TV markets, uh, New York, Chicago, LA. Uh, you obviously you have m- more minor markets like Columbus and Baltimore, and you know you have all these different markets now in the Big Ten, and it's just it's going to make the product better national. And it just helps. So this is good. It's great, but be prepared for hate. So this has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. Again, next week, we're going to be talking about preseason uh, Big Ten, uh, all Big Ten team, and my predictions for who's going to win the East and the West. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless.